Chapter 11 of the Social Settlement Movement in Chicago by Josephine Hunt Raymond. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 11 The Helen Heath Settlement. The Helen Heath Settlement of Chicago is like Toynbee Hall in East London, a memorial of the loving labors of one saintly soul. The story of Arnold Toynbee and his beautiful life recurs to us. His work among the poor of East London the sacrifice of body and mind made in the effort to instruct and elevate the unfortunate, his death caused by overwork in their behalf. Toynbee Hall is a memorial commemorating the self-abnegation, the ideals, the hopes of Arnold Toynbee. The Helen Heath settlement, too, is a memorial given by loving friends of the work of Helen Heath among the poor and ignorant. The story is one of infinite pathos, Dr. Helen Heath, a woman of strong philanthropic sympathies, one who had devoted herself to those in need, came before the members of All Souls Church on the night of the annual business banquet of the church. She had been asked to present a report of the needs of certain districts, the residents of which the church had undertaken to relieve. While reading her report and urging immediate aid for the poor, she was stricken with death. A pall of sadness enveloped the church. Dr. Heath had been one of the strongest working members, and the loss suffered by her death seemed irreparable. But out of the loss rose a new thought, the idea of building a memorial to the life and work of this noble woman. In a few months the idea became an accomplished fact, and the most important activity of All Souls Church was born, the Helen Heath Settlement. During the summer of 1895, a beautiful brick cottage was erected at 869-33 Court, the entire property costing about $4,000. All Souls Church adopted into its bosom, as it were, a large district of which the settlement has been made a center of noble work. The district is one full of dire and crying need for help. Many Poles and Bohemians reside in this part of the city, and during the brief life of the settlement, it has substantially relieved suffering incident to lack of employment among the laborers of the community. A roomy flat nearby accommodates four residents who assist in the educational work of the settlement. The settlement house itself is so small that it can never be more than a cozy and beautiful center for various gatherings, as it contains only half a dozen rooms, two large beautiful rooms on the ground floor for the kindergarten, and four above. Here the resident physician, Dr. Lorinda G. Brown, took up the broken thread of Dr. Heath's professional work. As one enters the sunny kindergarten rooms of the cottage, an inscription over the beautiful mantel meets the eye. The name of her whose work inspired the idea of the settlement, and the words, she hath done what she could. Surely if her eyes, illumined by the knowledge of what the next life has in store, could gaze for a while into the beautiful room filled with the brightness and the innocence of childhood, she must feel that her labors have not ceased, but have multiplied a hundredfold and been crowned with a majestic glory. Receiving as it does the support of All Souls Church and the direct supervision of the charitable section of the membership of the church, the Helen Heath Settlement, during its eighteen months' life, has wrought a good work. Its activities differ but little from those of other settlements, though as yet the work is on a very modest scale. Only educational and charitable work has been attempted, the latter made absolutely necessary by lack of employment among the people near the settlement. 
Truly, she built it better than she knew who gave, by her life, the inspiration for this work which bids fair to grow into goodly stature. The power of a single human life to achieve is something incomprehensible. This one was mighty in life, but mightier in death. One is reminded of Owen Meredith's words, No stream from its source flows seaward, how lonely soever its course, but that some land is gladdened. No star ever rose and set without influence somewhere. Who knows what earth needs from earth's lowest creatures? No life can be pure in its purpose and strong in its strife, and all life not be purer and stronger thereby. End of chapter 11